This is the Joyful Weight Loss Podcast, and I'm your host, Sarah Wells, MD. Listen in each week, and I'll share from science and scriptures that encourage you in how to cultivate healthy habits so you can lose extra weight and gain more health while cultivating joy. Be sure you are following the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Now, let's dive into this week's topic. This information is for educational and informational purposes only and solely as a self-help tool for your own use. I am not providing medical, psychological, or nutrition therapy advice. You should not use this information to diagnose or treat any health problems or illnesses without consulting your own medical practitioner. Always seek the advice of your own medical practitioner and or mental health provider about your specific health situation. For my full disclaimer, please go to www.joyfulweightloss.com forward slash disclaimer. Hello and welcome back. I hope that y'all have had a great week. So we are continuing on in this series that I've been doing about the keys to consistency, because what we can do consistently, even when it's small things, um, really is what add up to helping us reach success in our health goals. So today I'm going to talk about um, one of the keys to being consistent, and that is setting up the environment around you to support consistency. So, you know, one thing I mentioned before is that when your motivation is low, one thing you can do to help um, prevent you from quitting and staying consistent is to have your environment set up properly. Well, what does that mean? How can your environment support you being consistent? Well, you know, you want to think about several different areas in which you can examine this. And I have talked about this before. I I think um, it was episode 13 back a couple years ago, where I went into depth about setting up an environment to be helpful. But even if you have done that in the past, it's always a great idea to revisit taking a look at your environment with fresh eyes to see maybe if some things have creeped in that are kind of becoming... um, places where you stumble, or if there are ways you can improve um, that you haven't thought of before, improve your environment to support you in the habits you're trying to build. So um, one, you know, the first place I usually think of is I think of the kitchen, you know, you want to be sure you have the tools you need to make preparing the healthy foods you want to be eating um, simpler. Um, you also want to think about um having things ready so that when you're in a a day or a time of day that you're feeling motivated, you have everything you need ready, even if you only have 10 minutes to just quickly chop up what you're going to need for later or um, organize what you need um, for your evening meal um, so that it's easy when you get to that point later in the day to reap the benefits of what you prepared ahead of time during your motivated time of day. Um, So prepping ahead, um, having the foods on hand that you want to have um, are ways of, you know, supporting your unmotivated late in the day self um, during the time that you are motivated, usually for most people, which is early in the day. So, you know, another thing to think about in the kitchen is what is sitting on the counter. Um, I talked in previous episodes about how what is on people's kitchen counters has even been shown in studies to impact their health. So what kind of food do you have sitting out? If you 
regularly make a practice of putting away foods that are not beneficial to your health and maybe putting into more visible locations, whether it's on the eye level part of your refrigerator shelf or sitting a bowl of fruit sitting on the counter, putting things out that are going to benefit your health. Um, set the environment up to trigger you and give you habit cues to help you move forward into the good habits you're trying to build. Um, another thing in terms of environment to consider the surroundings that your, you know, your environment that you are entering into when you sit down to eat. So, you know, what this could include are a number of things. This could include the amount of effort that will be involved for you in obtaining your food. So increase the effort involved in getting the foods that you know you don't want to be eating regularly. Make it harder for you to get out the ingredients that will bake you the baked goods that you don't want to eat regularly. Make that harder. Put those ingredients out of sight so that it doesn't even cross your mind as you go through your day to to bake that cookie recipe that you have baked in the past that you may not want to have on a regular basis. So make it harder. Put things out of sight that would trigger you to move in the direction of, of those bad habits. Um, and the environment that you eat in also means, you know, what kind of size plates are you using? The size plate you use can trigger you to eat smaller portions if you use a smaller plate. Um, and it can alter your perception of what should be a normal amount to eat. Another thing that could alter your perception of what's a normal amount is paying attention to who you're eating with. You know, if you're eating with someone who has different uh, dietary needs than you do. Like if you have a growing teenage son who eats large amounts of food because he physiologically needs to, perhaps he's playing a lot of sports or just is in a growing growth phase. Um, that doesn't mean that you, if you are in a completely different season of life and your metabolic needs are much different, don't let that person who's eating with you, their volume influence the amount that you eat really tune in to listening to your hunger and eating what you need for your own health. So, um, you know, pay attention to the environment and who's around you and make the decisions that support you and your health. Um, and of course, eat with all the different people. I'm not in any way telling you to not eat with your wonderful teenage son or other relatives who have different um, health and dietary needs than you do. I just am encouraging you to be cognizant of that environmental influence, the influence of someone else's eating habits on your own, and then take a step towards being cautious to think through how you're eating in that setting. Um, another environmental uh, way to set yourself up for success is considering the distractions that may be around while you're eating. Um, don't eat in front of the TV. I'm sure you've heard this advice many times, but eat in a way that you can really appreciate and taste the food on your plate. Do not eat in a setting or environment in which you're distracted from enjoying the food. Um, you want to allow your brain to process the fact you are actually eating so that you don't turn around an hour later and think that you haven't eaten and go and eat again when you're not hungry. Um, you want to really you don't want to rob yourself of the enjoyment of the food. Um, you know, and this also goes down to enjoy the food more by sitting down. Don't eat standing up in the kitchen. Put things on a plate. Go sit down at a table. Set up an environment that really gives you the cues that this is a time to stop and enjoy. Um, not rush through, not get as much as you 
can fit in your tummy at one time, but just to really savor and taste the food on your plate. Sitting down, taking time, giving yourself the opportunity to take a break in your day. These things are really going to support you in moving forward to decreasing your portion sizes and enjoying your food more. Um, and, you know, another way to look at your environment and how you can consider the way that the things in your environment can trigger your eating habits to be different is to look at um, the different options that you have. A lot of options, a lot of choices tend to lead to more consumed. So if you're looking at different restaurant options and you're trying to decide between a restaurant that's a buffet that has a huge number of options of things to eat or in choosing a restaurant where you order off of a menu, the restaurant where you order off of the menu, you're more likely to be able to stick to your um, goals in terms of what you eat and volume and dietary choices. If you're at a buffet, you're going to be mentally thinking about getting your money's worth. You're going to be thinking about how, oh, maybe you should taste a little of everything in case you miss something good. They're just, they're going to be a lot of things that go through your head in that buffet environment that are going to make it more challenging to limit your portion size and to be cognizant of your food choices in terms of supporting your health. So choosing a restaurant setting that's an environment um, that's not a buffet is generally going to be the better move. Um, you know, and another thing to think about in restaurants is to consider when <laughs> your meal is brought out, going ahead and immediately cutting it in half and just deciding ahead of time that you're going to consume half and stop. And you're going to give yourself time after eating that half. And, you know, a lot of people even box up half right away at the beginning of the meal. So they don't see the rest of their meals sitting on their plate still and are tempted to keep going. Because in reality, we know that a lot of restaurant portions are very inflated. And, um, you know, there were over a hundred studies that looked at portion sizing, sizes and eating behaviors. And when you double the size, the portion size of a meal, the average person will eat 35% more than they would if they were eating a normal serving size. So, you know, assume that your restaurant portion is double what it needs to be. You know, if you finish that half and you give yourself 15, 20 minutes and you're still hungry, then go ahead and get a little bit more out or, you know, cut a little bit more off. But give yourself a chance to consider the possibility that you only need half of what they offer you in a restaurant. And it's not like you're not going to enjoy the other half later. You can take that home and have a whole nother meal. This also stretches your food budget. So, um, you know, and as I mentioned before at home, um, paying attention to the size and shapes of plates to help you with um, limiting your portion sizes. Um, you know, and uh, another study that kind of supports the plate size issue is that, you know, <laughs> The whole mentality of cleaning our plate that we are taught in childhood, we don't want to waste food, which is, it's very good to consider how not to waste food. But that doesn't mean that you have to clean your plate. You know, bagging things up and putting them in the freezer or the fridge can also be a way to not waste your food. Um, but there was a study that revealed that um, what you put on your plate will influence how much you eat. Um, this one study revealed that 28% of participants cleaned their plates of food, ate all of it, even though they reported no longer being hungry before they were done. So it's quite likely that if it's on your plate, you're going to eat it even if you're not hungry for it anymore. So putting smaller portions on your plate to start with may help you move toward 
the healthy outcomes you're aiming for more than if you put a whole lot extra on your plate. Um, another option is to, when you're at a meal at a table um, in your home, keep the serving platter of food in the kitchen where people have to get up and walk to it to get more. Don't make it super easy for you to just ladle more and more onto your plate or into your bowl. Make it a situation where your environment is set up where you have to make a conscious decision to stand up and walk into another room to get a second serving. Um, this will help you think twice. So, you know, another thing is in terms of your environment is what is around you um, entertainment wise? Are you watching commercials with food on them that are triggering you to think, oh, I need to go get a snack or oh, I need to go buy those chips? You know, can you eliminate food commercials? It's a lot easier now than it used to be um, in, in, the, in the era of streaming entertainment. It's easier to just avoid commercials um, on TV. Um, on your entertainment choices. Now, there's plenty of commercials in other areas and ways that advertising can find you, of course. And um, there are ways to limit that. You know, if you're someone who you see a lot of commercials for food or cooking or recipes on while you're scrolling social media, you can uh, um, often there's a way to request not to see those kind of ads. You can make steps to do that. But, you know, anytime you're running across these commercials for food, they might really, tr- they could even trigger a surge in insulin in your body that. Um, decreases your blood glucose level and can stimulate hunger. So just think about ways to decrease that. Don't sit around watching the Food Channel all the time. If that's something that's an issue, consider finding another way to um, learn about cooking and, and recipes as opposed to using it as entertainment. Now, another thing that kind of falls into this whole category of considering your environment is when you're in the grocery store, understanding what the food advertising tricks are that marketers are using to um, trick you into buying food that is not actually beneficial to your health. Um, There is this um, effect known as the health halo effect, um, where customers can be tricked into believing that a food has more nutritional value than it does or has some kind of health benefit in general just based on the wording placed on the front of the package. So you might see the word organic on, you know, a package of candy or, you know, um, you know, you could see something like natural on the front of the packaging. Those are both used and they're often used on very high sugar processed foods. Um, so beware of that. Um, gluten-free, that might be put on a label. And, you know, unless you have celiac disease or your physician has told you that you need to avoid gluten, you probably um, just can ignore those labels. Um, you know, um, there's a not a lot of, you know, it doesn't mean that the, the gluten-free food on the front doesn't contain a whole lot of sugar and other damaging food inside of it. Um, So there are things to look at besides whether it's gluten-free or not. Also, whether the label says low fat or good source of protein or contains probiotics. Take a look at how much sugar is in these items. Look at the back. Look at the ingredient list. Is there a sugar of some form in the top four ingredients? That should be a warning if there is, okay? Um, and generally try to avoid those sorts of products. It, you know, the more processed food you can avoid, the better. But if you're choosing processed foods, choose them without a lot of added sugar, with a, as little processing as possible, um, and with ingredients that are as close to whole foods as possible. Um, but learn to ignore, completely ignore the marketing claims. 
Usually the marketing claims are on the front of the package. Just turn the package over, look at two things, look at the ingredient list and look at the nutrition facts. That's where you're actually going to get real information. The marketing claims on the front are just trying to trick you and make the product appear good or somehow pure. Um, And sometimes there's a part of us that just wants to justify getting the food because we know that it's going to be very enjoyable. And so we kind of let ourselves believe those marketing claims when we really deep down um, probably know that they aren't beneficial to us. Um, Another thing to consider when you bring food home is not eating food out of the packages. You know, as I mentioned before, take a serving out, put it on a plate. Um, This can be especially troublesome if you buy large volumes of food in one package, like if you shop at a warehouse store like I do for my large family. You know, um, take small portions out. Look and see how many nuts do you really want to eat. Don't eat nuts out of a big giant bag because even though nuts are beneficial and healthy in small amounts, if you're eating out of the bag that you buy them in, if you're like me, you're probably going to eat twice as many as you actually need. So consider how to put a few on a plate or on a napkin and sit down and enjoy them. Um, you know, it's we're really living in an environment and in a time in America, at least, where we are surrounded by obesogenic food. You know, the medical community calls our environment obesogenic, meaning it, this environment we live in creates obesity because if you don't think about how you're eating and what food you're choosing, the natural flow is going to take you towards putting on extra weight that you don't um, find beneficial to your health. So it will create obesity if you don't, you know, control your environment, make conscious decisions to avoid going down that route. Um, we move through life just surrounded by food and environmental cues telling us to eat, telling us to eat when we're not hungry, telling us to eat the foods that taste the most delicious, which are often engineered foods um, that have been scientifically designed to kind of get us hooked on them. So we really have to consider ways to counteract that environment. Um, so this week, what one environmental cue can you consider to work on to alter to improve, to set yourself up to be consistent in developing the health habits you want in cultivating the day-to-day changes you really want to be consistent in? How can you look at your environment and set it up to make you continue to be consistent in carrying out the health habits that you're trying to build? Um, I hope that this has been helpful to you and hope you have a great week and come back again next week for more. Thank you for joining me today. If you've enjoyed this, I'm going to ask you to do a couple of things. First, please leave a review for me. This is how people find the podcast. Secondly, y'all sharing is caring. You can actually easily share this episode or a podcast entirely with a friend. Just text it to them. Lastly, if you're looking for more encouragement and direction from me, go sign up for my free newsletter. It's called The Extra Helping. You can go to www.joyfulweightloss.com. That's joyful spelled with two L's. And then when you're there, click on The Extra Helping to sign up. That's all for now, y'all. Don't forget to be sure you're subscribed and tune in again next week for more.